0: Wyatt Hunter on the backfield now. Hunter comes in with an impressive 922 yards. Souser, handoff to Hunter. He's got it, has more. Wyatt Hunter off to the races. They're not going to catch him. Touchdown, Grinnell. Welcome to the Tiger Sports
1: Livestream Network Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast, number 26. What a week that we've just come off of here. We're pretty excited about to tell you, A little bit about our game game day experience we had on Friday night, plus the big game Friday, let alone the the two different activities with the swimming and volleyball that happened last week. So before we get started, let's go ahead and hear a
2: word from our sponsors and then we'll get right back into it. Hey there, I'm Joey Poliai, third generation owner of Poliai's in Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, Everything is made from scratch and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Maine and Broad Street.
3: Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow, growing and innovating, so, even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans that the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today.
1: The Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast is brought to you by Polly Eyes Pizza and Grinnell Mutual. Thank you for sponsoring our podcast every week as you do. and I think we're ready to talk a little bit about sports. So first of all, let's talk about what happened last week in sports. We had the uh, swimming team. They went and did the Little Hawkeye Conference swim meet, which was at the Indianola YMCA. The swim team came in with a fourth-place finish. A little bit of the the highlights from there was uh, they had fantastic swims out of all their swimmers. These are notes from Sarah Smith, Erin Henshaw increased her total diving points as well. Some of the past uh, highlights are Malin Pavey in the 200 free with a personal record of 2:31.04. Ellie Eisen had a in the 50 fr with a 30.69 as a personal record, and then in the 100 fr she had a 1.10 nine was a personal record. Aaron Hinshaw also had a second place in diving with a 143.45, a new a new personal record almost by 25 points. Callie Hart in the 100 free had a 1.1395 with a personal record uh, and that's a 3 second drop for her. Shivani Subramanian, I'm getting closer on Subraminium. that. Subraminium. Subraminium. There you go. You're Sorry, getting Sorry Shivani. You're getting um In the 100 free, she had a personal record of 126.48. Iris McKenzie in the 100 free with a 124.88 as a personal record with a 5-second drop. Emily Small in a third place in the 500 free with a 608.50 and a personal record with a 5-second drop. And then lastly, Hannah Gust in the 100 breast with a personal record of 123.83. In the next things that are moving in and we'll talk about that. I'm just going to go ahead and save it. Uh, We'll talk about it now is the regional meet for diving is Thursday, October 31st at Waukee. And Saturday, the swimming event is at the uh, Bear Complex at the Grinnell College. So they'll be hosting that. Overall, just a a recap of those uh, scores. Newton had a first place, Indianola second place, Oskaloosa third place, and Grinnell with a fourth place. So that's a follow-up on the swimming. And then the only other event, besides for the football, which we're going to talk about here in a second, was the girls' volleyball. Uh, They hosted Newton for the first round of the uh, tournaments and fell 0-3. All three games were losses. Some of the serve leaders, uh, oh, actually, I want to go out, uh, shout out to the uh, seniors on the team, Abby Furness, Eddie Petty. Um, Lexi Schaefer and Katie Witt and Izzy Redding for their commitment to the team over the past four years. Leaders on the night for serving, Lauren Bolte, 15 out of 15. Katen Kriegel, uh, 1 for 1. Abby Furness, 8 for 8. Daisy Harris, 8 for 9 with one ace. Lexi Schaefer, 12 of 13 with one ace. Serve, receive leaders were Izzy Redding, adding Petting, and McKenna Smith. Dig leaders were Daisy Harris with 12. Abby Furness with 10. Lauren Bolte with 9, Addie Petting with uh, 8, McKenna Smith with 6. Blocking leaders were Lauren Bolte with 1 solo block and 2 block assists. Lexi Schaefer with 1 solo block, Daisy Harris and McKenna Smith with 1 block assist each. Setting leaders were Abby Furness with 17. Hitting leaders were Daisy Harris with 17 for 22 with 10 kills. And Lexi Schaefer with 11 for 12 with five kills so that ended out the regular season or the the season period for the volleyball team and they'll be almost a lot of those girls names i hear they're probably gonna be transitioning over into basketball for some of them and then just moving on with their high school career and we'll see the rest of them next year all right that is what we had for sports of all sorts other than football now let's talk a little bit about football not that it was an a ending that we all wanted to have, but maybe should we talk a little bit about our game day first? Uh, yeah. So there, there's something fun leading yeah. up to it.
0: Um, so we had game day on Friday night. uh Myself, uh, Dad, you, uh, Conway. We had Ben Latimer as the Bear. We had um, Coach Dunn come up and give picks. We had Joey Polly. We had uh, all the 3rd uh, through 8th grade coaches, most of them middle school coaches, come up. And uh, they talked a little bit. We also had uh, the cheer squad. We had the band. Um, we we had a lot of we had a lot of fun. It was a uh, really fun atmosphere. KCCI showed up, which was very unexpected. But we were able to get on the 10 o'clock news just a little bit. Uh, so that was really cool. And um, uh, it was overall a really fun night. I I think it went better than we thought. We have a big uh, idea for next year that we give credit to uh, um, Mrs. Walker for giving us that idea uh, and we'll, we'll try to branch out more on that here in a little bit, uh, you know, as we go throughout the year, but I mean, we're literally looking to next year. Let's slow down a little bit. Uh, it was a really fun night. Conway made the experience really well. All the picks were well. I just want to say that I got no games wrong except the Grinnell game, uh, cause you know, we all went for Grinnell, but, uh, uh, it was a really fun night. The, uh, crowd showed up. It was a little cold, but every, a lot of people showed up, thanks to all the people that signed up for the signed football. We had a lot of uh, 7th and 8th graders uh, sign up for that, and uh, uh, Van Copernall, uh one of the Van Copernal kids, uh, won the uh, signed football, and we really appreciate that. Also, uh, Coach Souser came up, Edson and Sharp. We had that jersey uh, introduction for the basketball team. That got people excited, Edson talking about state and whatnot. So overall, it was a really fun night. Um, again, thanks to everyone for coming out and talking and uh, coming out. We had a few people made signs and such. Uh, shout out to the two MCC students that are my friends. They came down and recorded the whole thing. We're currently in the process of putting all those clips together. It's going to be a tedious process. We said it will be out this week. It probably won't be out this week because we're, we're working hard. I on was going to say, but you know, we have to put all these clips together. We have to put all the sound together. Uh overall, I think whatever the final product will be, I think people will enjoy it. Uh, the football team stopped by before just to see what it all looked like. And, you know, even despite the
1: loss, I think it was, it was a lot of fun. And I think next year will be even better. Yeah, you know, the big thing is when, when we do put this all together, hopefully everyone takes a look at it and say, I want to be there next year. I, I want to be part of that atmosphere. And, you know, to go along with some of those things, uh, of videos. Kelly McGriff also, you know, she sent over quite a few videos, so we're going to try to incorporate some of those in into the the YouTube video that we put out there. If anyone's listening that took pictures, you know, go ahead and, and get on our Facebook page or, or send them over to us. Uh, we'd love to include those as part of the, the evening activities, and I really think it's going to be a pretty special thing. Uh, one thing that's going to be uni- unique about the the video we're going to share, it will be shared as an unlisted video because of all the copyright music I and stuff that we played. So you will only be able to see it via link. a link through our our Twitter page or our Facebook page. Uh, I will put it out on the, the website so people could find it that way. But it, you have to be careful <laughs> on things right, like that. Right. So that's one way we could put it out there and be able to share it that way.
0: So we'll talk about the actual game itself and then to add on, because we won't have games to look forward to for 3A 7, uh, we're going to give our playoff prediction picks just for th- Class 3A. My dad might not have any idea what he's going to choose because he probably hasn't seen the bracket at ton, but I'm going to try to work him through it. But anyway, let's talk about Urgenel's game. It was a loss. 28-14 to was the final score. That was the closest any team has played Pella in 3A 7 despite the two teams that had beat them. Uh, that Grinnell tied for the the smallest margin of a win for Pella, I should say, because Dallas Center Grimes lost 14 nothing earlier in the season. Uh, you know, I got to be honest, the the atmosphere was exactly what I assumed it would be. Uh, we got up to the booth, and there was just it felt different. Something felt different. I don't know what it was, but it just felt meaningful. And uh, you know, it was. It was 3A seven district title game. There's a lot on the line. Grinnell started slow, which has kind of been the memo all year long, and Coach Souser jokes about that all the time. But, you know, overall, I think uh, the game went better than I thought it would. Grinnell completely locked up uh, the wide receiver play of Pella. In all, it was just the mistakes that Grinnell made, uh, a few different mistakes on the offense, a couple mistakes on defense. There weren't many mistakes on the defense. It's just Pella was—Pella is big. Pella is big on front. They are big everywhere, And I think every time you play Pella, you have to understand that you're not going to be the bigger team. Pella's going to be the bigger team, no matter what you throw at him. Aaron Downs, who, you know, all week long we talked about Ryan Mace. Ryan Mace this, Ryan Mace that. The kid only threw for like 150 yards. Dallas threw for more yards than Ryan Mace did. Aaron Downs was the guy to watch out for. On 14 rushing attempts, he ran for over 120 yards and four touchdowns. In all, that was what killed Grinnell. In all that was really what did it. Dallas Souser had one touchdown and one pick. Uh he threw twenty one for thirty nine for two hundred nine yards. And Wyatt Hunter, man, it didn't seem like it, but he ran for a touchdown at hundred and twenty five yards on twenty four carries. So I think the biggest thing was you just wonder if we had da or if we had Dodge, if we had Kyle, would it have made a difference? But in all, they played better against Pella than I thought they would.
1: Well, I think the you know, some of the the big things you hate to always revolve around someone saying that I wish I could have had him or I wish I could have had him. Those are always things you can't take back, and that's what the odds come out being. But, you know, as for being aggressive, that the Pella offensive line and defensive line were basically platooned. You didn't see a whole lot of people playing both sides. And and I give full credit to Coach Souser um, up until, and, and this isn't a point saying that uh, dodge makes a difference, but our offensive and defensive line, our offensive line stays pretty solid. Our defensive line, we have a lot of rotation. So the rotation being that have you dodge, then you may rotate out and with Mateus, and they have they get to take their breathers on defense. So we still had rotation, but the rotation may not have been uh, players that could fill the spot 100%. We did a pretty darn good job. You know, when you take a look at the runs that were were Scored on, they were three big plays. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't the fact that, you know, I, I guess the first one, they hammered their way down there. Yeah. But, but like, but, but was... after that, it was big plays. I
0: don't, yeah. I mean, it was like, there weren't consistently big throws. I mean, Mace was kept in check. If anything, the run game is what kept Pella alive all night. Yeah,
1: and, you know, to to listen to the, the broadcasters, and, and when you're sitting in a booth that you hear broadcasters on one side of you and you hear their social media accounts on the other side, and their broadcasters told us after the game that was the toughest game that they have played all year. yeah. Hands down. Even the losses they had. Yeah. They said that was the toughest. In And the losses that they had, they said they could identify where they broke down and where they screwed up. They just couldn't figure yeah. out
4: Grinnell's defense they in said, the air.
1: Yeah, it, it was just... And they said the ability that our defense, secondary, actually did shut him down. Logan I, Shetterly I
0: mean, had his worst night yep. in his starting high school career. That has
1: to say yeah. something. Besides for the point of... of his uh mace's ability to run the ball yeah that was that was the production out of the quarterback was the ability that when he could not find who he wanted to throw the ball to he would run and get fifteen, yeah. 15 20 yards and and that's what kind of you know killed us was the fact of you know you you stand there and you go so hard to try to get to him and and like i said they had they had a very large skilled offensive line. But that's all they did. They just played right. the offense. And the
0: one thing I want to hammer home to everyone, if you ever take for granted your offensive line, this Grinnell offensive line gave up two sacks all year long. That Pella D-line is one of the best D-lines in the state, and we didn't even have Dodge at the right tackle position. And Grinnell still, Souser only got sacked twice this year. And he didn't even get sacked against Pella. I mean, it. I think... Next year there's a lot to look forward to we can talk about next year in a couple of year or in a couple of months but Souser's gonna get better Wyatt's gonna get better I mean the whole team is going to get better we're only losing a couple guys I want to give a shout out to those guys the seniors down this team played well and uh, you know I'm, I'm really happy for Parker Parker got a second ever touchdown la- or a couple or on Friday night so you know in all it was a uh, it was it was one of those games that might go down as one of my favorite games. Despite it being lost, it was just—it was fun to see Grinnell try to work past things. The trickery was great. Logan Estelle's fake punt, the Philly special that sadly didn't work. Uh, overall, I think it was Grinnell's best loss they've had in years because what a difference! Two years ago, Grinnell got beat here at home by Pella 49 to nothing, and we're like, oh my gosh, we're never gonna be able to compete with Pella ever again. And here we were two years later, we're fighting for a district title game and only losing by 14.
1: Yep, I I think it's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of pluses, and even though you don't, I think Coach Souser may sit back and say, oh, "Man, we lost the game," but he can even say that there was there was improvement that come out of there. Yes, there, there we had a few few mistakes, but those few mistakes are going to come with every ball game, and that's just going to be how you're going to try to overcome and get better next year. So I don't I don't think it's anything that's a major. To stop them from playing football,
0: and we are genius predictors because at the beginning of the year you said seven and two or six and three, I said six and three or five and four. I mean, we just
1: knew what was going to happen. We're we're just we're just that good. Yeah, a couple uh, a couple things coming off the end of that season. Uh, So in the three eight regular season stats, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Tigers on this because this is pretty incredible. This is is, this is not district. This is three. This is three a overall. Number three in total offense that's in incredible. Class 3A, At, and that's where we start stop right now. Uh, number six in scoring, Wyatt Hunter. Wyatt Hunter is first in rushing right now with 1,589 yards. And that, that's it. Yards. I
0: mean, they don't count playoffs, so, so he finished as he, the number one rushing. Uh,
1: second in scoring in 3A, Dow Souser. That's f- the team? The uh, team overall second in scoring, or Wyatt no, second in scoring, sixth in scoring as a team, second in scoring as Wyatt Hunter. There you go. Uh, Dallas Souser ended up eighth in passing with one thousand seven hundred and forty-eight yards. That's a freshman quarterback. As a freshman quarterback, I'm gonna so, see
0: while you're reading the rest. I'm gonna see what Eli done through. So that
1: there. that's uh, that's a contribution. That's all I have for the. That's all you have right there. That's what the um, uh, Grinnell Tiger football team put out as uh, regular season stat totals. And there, there was more totals, but that's all that that was posted right, right there. Right, right. So, that that's pretty incredible for this team, um, you know. And we watched it every Friday night. It, it was not that it was a little bit here or a little bit there. The this team, I think Dallas, all but one one game had a bad game. Yeah. All of his other games, he was he was plus yardage, Consistent. plus yardage. And Wyatt Hunter, I think this was his worst game and how could you say 125 well, yards i think
0: oski was his worst game maybe yeah he had less than a, i think he had more than 100 in every game but i, I
1: think he scored he was rushing over he 100 he scored in every single yeah. game and this he's year. rushed over 100
0: but uh but yeah i agree it was it was an incredible season um because we we have a little time and uh you know i we'll give our prediction picks and stuff here but I just wanted to, someone asked me over uh, my text messages for us to have a special thing to talk about. Uh, They wanted to hear our thoughts on the RPI, and uh, you haven't shaken your head about this yet, so I guess we could talk about it a little bit. Grinnell misses the playoffs. They finished 19th with a 6-3 record. Uh, We kind of thought they would miss the playoffs, but overall... After all the playoffs have come out, we've seen some teams get, you know, absolutely messed out of this whole playoff system. We gave a perfect example. Nevada finished the 7-2, and and they're not going to make the playoffs. The the thing that they wanted, whoever texted me, I'm going to leave them anonymous. The person texted me asked, what would you change about the playoff system? So I guess I'll ask you, and then I can give my opinion, but what do you think has to change? Because people aren't happy with this RPI system. I mean what what do we have to do? Do you think we go back to what we used to do or you know what what's the solution? Well, there's
1: I guess two different thought processes. This this is actually the third revision. Yes. of the district play. When it started in 2012, it was just the top two teams. And I think I would have to I would have to ask coach Dunn this question, but I believe that even when that district rule was in place that the top two teams there was still some type of rpi involved roughly because someone had a buy right okay so there was some team that got a buy because it was oddballs right you right know, you, you, you couldn't just choose yeah you know. couldn't you couldn't figure out your bracket to work out correctly. right right so right. the rpi and, and be honest with you i think the system may actually be in favor of that to go back to that way and say all right the top Two teams, or or whatever the however it is figured out, they do get a buy because if they're if they're in the one or two or three for the RPI, right, then that's fine. Then everyone else battles out, but you don't dis, you just don't throw them aside. They're still, they're still part of the qualifying district bracket, and they still, they still get a plaque that says they made it in the mm-hmm. districts. Right. Right. Okay. When when they switched to phase two of the districts and said the top four we were to go. Too many. That was too crazy. That that shortened your football season up, or it made your football season one week longer, and you were traveling everywhere. You were getting terrible teams yeah. in the playoffs. So that that was that was a good reason why they made a third revision. Now the third revision of having having a district team and saying that there's only enough to fill the bracket that makes it even with no buy teams. Yeah, there's a lot of people with hurt feelings on it, and. You know, I guess two different ways. Either you say you you play tougher and harder the next year to get in. Right. Which that's, you know, kind that's of. That's a slap in the face. That, right that's there. kind of a slap in the face, too. Or go back to the way it used to be. You know, I don't. I'm not a big fan of a football game is is too big of a. Oh, how do I say it? I don't compare football to basketball. I, I know I've seen there's a lot of people may argue that fact where you say, all right, we're going to have an end-of-the-year... 64-team tournament. Well, our end-of-the-year Little Hawkeye Conference. Yeah. All right, well, the thing is, is if we wanted to do that, then why did we play the game? Because you only have, you know, X teams in in right. your district. Right. It's going to be a conference championship amongst yourself. So you you play and beat yourselves up one more one more time. and right. And that's the hard thing about saying you're having a playoff or a playoff. Right. You know... So I don't really agree with that. I, I think the best solution is to go back to what it was in phase one where the top two teams were buyed out due to their RPI. Every every team so the top two teams of each bracket and you're still gonna have you're still gonna have to have a playoff or not a playoff but some type of RPI ranking yeah, yeah. because just in the district right now It's probably going to be more of the competition, head-to-head, who lost, who beat them, and make it common-sense rules. I I guess number four option would be is take the whole state and divide it up by sections, the X number of the magic number to make your districts come out. So you would have blank number of districts with blank number of teams in it that you could take the top two teams that – it would come out perfect. Right. Because right
0: now it's it's technically eight lock ins and eight wild cards. Right.
1: And, and the only way you're going to do that then is you're going to have to justify where where does everyone sit three, 4A, 3A, 2A. Right. You know, and divide those teams out, and you're still going to have oddball numbers. Right. I'd, so. I mean, the way I went
0: with it, and you I mean, you kind of talked about how you kind of disagree with it. I still think the thing to happen is you still have the top two teams. Top two teams that finish in each district. You can basically decide off head-to-head who are those top two teams without an RPI. The next thing you do is you cut one week off the playoffs and that playoff, first playoff week, is the championship game between each district team. That way, say this year, we get a pella Oski championship game. Or, yeah, because Oskaloosa beat grinnell Oski would be the second best team. You get a pella Oski championship game, higher-ranked team, higher-seeded team gets the home field advantage. Whoever wins that, they move on to the semifinal. You automatically go to the Cedar Falls, or you go, not to the Dome, but you automatically move on to the next round of the playoffs. That way you have eight district champions, and you're already down to eight teams. Best team, best record of those teams gets that home field advantage. You only got to play one game, playoff game, technically, then you're into the Cedar Falls, you, then you're into the Dome and you're in semi-final, you get the four, you get the one, whatever. I just feel like they don't put enough emphasis on district championships than they do. Sure, you get a playoff lock, but I don't think they truly know what it means to win your district and move on to there. Right. But Anyway, um, so do you want to go with our – should we run through our playoff prediction real quick while we run through them? Yep, let's go ahead and do it. All right, so we'll just go by bracket, A, B, C, and D. I'm going to give you the four teams. You're going to tell me who comes out of it, and I'll try to keep track of who you did. And then we'll run through your semifinal all the way to your championship game. So the first game we're going to roll with, or the first bracket, we'll start with number A, the Solon Spartans, former head coach, or former assistant coach here at ground, Brian Woods, his co- or his team, he's the assistant coach there, they're taking on number 15th uh, seeded Iowa Liberty, who is and 7-2. On the other side of that little small bracket, 7th ranked Pella, 7-2, taking on 11th ranked uh, Independence 9-0. and so out of those four teams, who comes out on top? Assuming you know what kind of happens
1: throughout. Well, I think after watching Pella, I think Pella had they did have two bad games, um, uh, so I think Pella's Pella's gonna come out on top of Independence. And
0: Independence is not no not as I, good as you think.
1: You know we, John Osborne for anyone knows John, he has been so deeply involved into. Tracking the RPI, and he has friends in Independence, and and he's he he just said that that's uh that's under underachieved team of the Independence. Not taking anything against them that they of their they did win all the ball games, but just a very weak district that they're in. So I'm gonna go with Pella on that one, and then I'm also gonna I, I think Solon has a pretty good team of what I went back and looked at all their very stuff. Good. So those two teams, and to take them out head-to-head, I don't want to bet against Pella, but I think Pella is, is probably, after seeing that line play, I think Pella is going to be the victor of that bracket. All right,
0: so you have Pella going through. I'm going to have Solon go through. Pella struggled against Carlisle. They struggled against Norwalk. And I think if Pella really thinks they're a good team, they would have beaten Grinnell by 30, and that's not what happened. So I'm going to take Solon to move on in bracket A. So let me write that down. All right. Next bracket we have Western Debut who is nine and zero. Like where in the world did Western Debut come from? Washington, who is seven and two, known to be very physical, and then on the bottom of the bracket, Cedar Rapids Xavier, last year's champions, eight and one, versus North Scott, eight and one. So we could get a rematch of last year's championship game in the quarterfinals. I guess who do you think's coming out of that one? That's a two seed Western Dubuque, thirteen seed Washington, six seed Xavier, nine seed North Scott.
1: Yeah, I think you're gonna see the the game of that bracket is gonna between Xavier and Western Dubuque and I, I, Xavier
0: won it last year. Dubuque's undefeated this yeah, year.
1: Yeah, I know, but you know we've watched some of those Western Dubuque games on MC Twenty Two on MC Twenty Two, and I'm kind of impressed. So I, I'm going to go with Western Dubuque.
0: Western Dubuque. Let me write that down there. I am. Um, I'm going to go against you. I think Western Dubuque's pretty good, but I Xavier's pretty good too. Now, granted, you do make a good point. They literally Western Dubuque beat Xavier in a head-to-head matchup this year. But that was in Western Dubuque. It will be in Western Dubuque again. But I think Xavier gets the best of them. I move Xavier on to the uh, finals or onto the semifinals. Next one, Sergeant Bluff Lutton. I don't know where that's at. Uh, eight and one versus a 14 seeded Carlisle, seven and two, and then Norwalk, eight and one versus a fifth seeded Norwalk versus a 12
1: seeded Glenwood, seven and two. Oh, no, I I think that's gonna be a, a Norwalk team versus who would you say, Sergeant?
0: Sergeant Bluff Lutton and Carlisle. I'm taking Carlisle. Carlisle beat Pella. They play pretty well.
1: Oh, uh, I'm not a big fan of Carlisle. Oh no. So I, who
0: gets out of there?
1: I'm gonna say I'm gonna take Norwalk. I'm gonna take Norwalk as
0: well. I like Norwalk. I think uh you know go Little Hawkeye Conference. I guess I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then the final team in. The bracket D Lewis Central eight and one versus Oskaloosa, the sixteen seed six and three, and then Harlan seven and two, and Dallas Center Grimes the tenth seed eight one. So Lewis Central over Oski, I assume. Yes. And then Harlan versus DCG. DCG only lost coming to Pella. Really? That's their only yeah. loss. Yeah. Fourteen nothing at the beginning of the season. Harlan seven and two. I think lost to Xavier and someone else. So does Harlan get back to their glory days and get
1: back to the? I don't think so. I, I think you're gonna see. You know what? I might give. I might. I'll just go out on limb and give Dallas Center Grimes the ten-seated
0: uh, Dallas Center Grimes.
1: I, I'm I'm on this little Hawkeye conference. All right, there you go. Poll here.
0: I mean, they dominated basketball. Why not? Um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Lewis Central. I like your Dallas Center Grimes pick, but I'm gonna take Lewis Central uh, out of that whole thing. So then finally, your um. Uh, Hang on, let me put this down. Your final four picks, Pella versus Western Dubuque and Norwalk versus DCG. Who's going to be in the championship and who's winning?
1: Well, Pella is I, – I, I don't know. There's just something about that team that I saw. I think Pella's going to be in the championship. Are we going to get an all-Little Hawkeye conference? I mean, no matter what, we're going to get an all-Little Hawkeye conference. I think they're going to be
0: – Either way, they're going to play whoever they played earlier in the year. So you're gonna have Pella beat Western Dubuque and then Norwalk versus DCG. I think it's gonna be a rematch. Dow Center, Grimes, and Pella. Pella. Do you think Pella gets them again? Yes. All right. So you think Pella gets back on track and wins the state tournament after getting eliminated in round one last year? I'm gonna say Solon beats Xavier and uh, Norwalk beats Lewis Central, and I'm gonna say, go Spartans! Solon's gonna win the whole thing. Shout out to Brian Woods. So there's your playoff picks. dad's got Pella I got Solon and dad you want to wrap it up by uh what we got going on this week if there is anything going on this week
1: yes let's uh you know what what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna take a short break first and we sat down with the football players last week for an interview uh then we'll come right back listen to that interview and then uh once we're done with that we'll we'll close out the the evening here we're kind of doing this on a late monday afternoon so and we finally get different. to do it together yeah. we haven't been able to do this together yeah, in a while that's why that's why i kind of delayed it a little bit <laughs> so let's go ahead and, and hear a word from our sponsors and we'll come right back we'll go right into our special guest segment and then when we're done with that we will get right back to us
2: hey there i'm joey polly third generation owner of polly in Grenelle. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you? Everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients. Guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our PAX Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street.
3: Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow. Growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans that the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today.
1: Special. Yes. Say thank Today our guests are the Tiger football team. This, this football team has put on a show for us all year from the broadcasting booth. We've been excited every time that we have home games. I think there's no losses at home, correct, fellas? No, no losses, so maybe we're your good luck. We're uh, home charm here. But every time that we sit up there in the booth, uh, sometimes we both look at each other and we have a cameraman that sits in between us. And he goes like this because each of us are getting excited. We see big plays. I'm just supposed to be the color man that says, all right, so in this case we could do this or we could do that. And that's kind of what the coaches are kind of thinking, and and this is how the play is going to come together. This year I find myself with more ooh or ahs or go get them than I've ever done in the last three years that we've been doing this. So that tells me your guys' excitement level is top notch, and we love every bit of it. So before we get started, let's go around. We have a variety. We have all the seniors are here, correct? Did we got all, is there four? Five. Yeah, yeah. Four. four seniors. And then we have sprinkled in with juniors. And then we have one, one freshman. freshman. One freshman. <laughs> all right, so let's start here on the side. Logan, Estelle, just tell your name, what position you play, what year you are, and then hand off the dowel. So we'll work our way. When you get to Trey, you can pick up that one. Or Wyatt, go back the other way.
5: Uh, Logan Estelle, strong safety and I'm um, a senior.
4: Oh. Uh, Dallas Houser, I play quarterback and I'm a freshman.
6: Uh, Parker Johnson, I'm a senior and I play corner and
7: wide receiver.
4: Chase Williams, I'm a senior and I play offensive line.
7: Preston Dodd, I'm a senior, I play tight end and D end.
8: Trey Goleman,
9: junior, center and D end. Cam Stevenson, uh, I play D line and offensive line,
10: junior. Cole McGriff, I play slot receiver and
11: corner. I'm a junior. Max Lovell, I'm a junior, O-line and D-line. Doug Stauser, a junior, I play O-line and D-line.
1: Hunter, I'm a junior, I'm the running back and linebacker.
11: Eli Rose, I'm junior and I play linebacker.
1: All right, so what we're gonna do, this is just gonna be an open question forum. So you guys, as I ask the questions, Blake's will, will chime in with some more questions. You've had a, a really good year to be talking about at this end of the season going into the Pella game. Unfortunately, everyone's gonna hear this podcast Monday night after we beat Pella, okay? So we'll be optimistic about how this game's gonna go, but leading up to week number nine, what's some of your, your best memories so far of how this team has progressed, and what do you wanna share with us?
6: Max? Uh, so one of the best memories I have is home against North Polk this year. Uh, we ran a play called 12 Wedge, and uh, I remember Wyatt, he threw me to the ground and I looked up at him with fear in my eyes, and he just ran right over my hand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, who else? Who else has a,
6: a good memory?
10: All. Uh, the same game, uh, the opening kickoff. I took it back for a touchdown, so that was pretty awesome.
1: How, now, that, that opening kickoff, the week before, we had a little problems on kickoff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily, AJ's not here. How does that feel to come back one game later and have a, a 100% switch that Most of the people on North Polk's team is thinking, these guys are going to fumble the ball or it's (laughs) going to be a disaster. How's that feel to run into the end zone and just say, take that?
10: Yeah, it was huge. I was running for my life, really. I actually started cramping at, like, the 30-yard line. So I was like, yeah, (laughs) I was a little nervous, but I got
1: there. So it was a good feeling. Cool. That was a great, great one to do a play-by-play on.
6: Parker. Um, I have a couple favorite plays. Uh, my first one would probably be returning that kickoff at no- uh, against Knoxville. That was pretty sweet. It was too bad that it got called back, but I was still super excited. And, yeah, shout-out to my brother. He had to <laughs> hold on to that one. And then my next one would be the pop pass at South Tama. I got my first touchdown of the season. That was pretty exciting. Pretty sweet. Who else?
1: I guess I'll go. My top
0: favorite is actually the <laughs> South Tama one where I ran up the sideline with all my mighty speed and <laughs> steps on about three or four people is pretty awesome.
1: Is that the one that ended with a leapfrog that lost yeah. three yards? <laughs> that was pretty awesome to watch. Now,
0: are you losing count or do you have a good memory of all of them?
5: Uh, I'm losing
1: memory of some. I people. mean,
0: that's yeah. not a bad <laughs> I know all of them.
1: <laughs> well, after putting together the highlight video for this hype <laughs> that we threw out. it's a lot of Wyatt Hunters. <laughs> I, I was yeah. beginning to think that we have the camera only on one person, but... <laughs> You know, the, everyone on that team, and I think everyone knows this, that in order for Wyatt to do his job, and, and it, Mateus isn't in here, I've heard Dodd say this before, it is the work of the people or the horses down in the trenches in yeah. front of you. So let's go to those trenches. Trey? Well, Dallas oh. had. Oh. No, well, no, well, no, I guess We'll no. come back to okay. it. We'll come back. <laughs> Trey and Cam, what's it like when you know that, as Max would say, if you don't get out of the way, someone's gonna run over you. How's, how's that feeling like knowing that it's snapping your fingers and you gotta be somewhere?
8: Uh, it just creates like a sense of urgency that like you need to do something more. Like you know you're gonna get hit in the back like really hard because why it's coming at that hole really fast and all 200 pounds of him, that's gonna be a big impact. So you know you're gonna go forward so you better make yourself go forward before you get made go forward
9: yeah, yeah just like trey said it's it's really important uh that the guys up front do their jobs and uh i think it's, a, it's extremely special especially when y goes for a big one and the line up front knows that we did our job and that uh it was not only him but it was us too
7: chase yeah i remember the, our first wedge play i we got drilled in the back then a couple plays later we tried it again went, went forward
12: got the touchdown it was pretty fun
1: now in the last three or four weeks we've seen a lot of diversity between the, the two guards, a tackle position. You guys are flip-flopping different positions that you're playing into the center position. I think, Trey, you played center almost all through the, the South Tama game. How is that for you guys on preparing? I mean, our, back in the days when we played football, if, if you wanted to play, you learned every, every position on the field in order to get good playing time. How are you guys on your confidence level going into these games saying that you're good here, but I may need you here? Or in the case of Friday night with Dodge going out, someone needs to come over here and play this position?
9: We work on it all week, really. So like we work on different positions. We switch it up in practice and stuff so we know we're going, we know what we're doing, stuff like that, just so we're ready to go on uh, Friday night.
1: OK.
0: Yep. Well, beginning of the year, started center, and then I got moved to guard. And then this week, since Dodge got hurt, I got, I got moved to tackle.
7: So just throughout the year, throughout the summer, I've been learning each role of the of the line. Right, Trey.
8: You just never know when your number's going to be called. Just got to know what you got to do, and then just bring your physical intensity to each play.
1: All right, let's let's go back over here to Dallas. Let's let's hear this this top memory in his very young career.
4: Well, I mean, it's been pretty short, so. <laughs> Probably back to week one against Mid Prairie, just throwing my first touchdown to I think it was Kyle. That was that was pretty awesome.
1: Now you're as being a, a freshman coming into the season, your confidence has has grown from the beginning all the way up here until week nine. How did when you take a snap opposed to last week at South Tama to the, your first game in Mid Prairie? Do you feel like you're you're a little bit more comfortable or the jitter still there a little bit?
4: Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I've gotten a lot more comfortable. It's a big thing with the old line too. I mean, I think I've only gotten sacked twice this year. And big thing for almost all the games have dodged behind me. So I know nobody's going to hit me from the back and so I've just gotten a lot more confident back there knowing that five linemen and White and the tight ends, like they're not going to let anybody touch me. That's a
1: great answer because they and these boys are all standing right here. <laughs>
0: I, I like how when you talked about sacks, Trey put up the number two. Like they got they got that number drilled <laughs> in their
1: head. Okay, so we have talked the offense a little bit. Let, let's I know I have some defensive eyes looking at me. Let's let's hand the mic off here to Logan because this question is for him. Logan, let's everyone stand up real quick. Except nice you, Dodge. All right, so you are the shortest one that is in this arena sitting does, here in front Max, of us. Does
6: Max? Uh, does Max out? is pretty short, too. I think I think we're the same. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'd say
1: that, Max. I'll, of that, to see the statistic from week to week that you're leading on the tackles. I'm actually second place now. Second place now. Who come up? Eli? <laughs> ah, that, that's what the one was walking down the hallway, <laughs> wasn't it? Oh, yes, sir. All right, so between you two, uh, uh, this is more to you first, Logan, all the way up until mid-part of the season, we always heard Logan Estelle, leading tackles. And it wasn't that you were just leading tackles. We were seeing single single open field tackles by the smallest guy on the field. What, What is your attack when you see someone coming running at you that you could go in and make the dive and say you're going to come up with that tackle?
5: I'm just really confident in my ability to tackle. I think we work on it a lot during practice. So, And I'm not scared of them. So it's just like if they're going to try to run me over, Go ahead. I'm still
1: going to tackle you. So. In in your preference, would you rather be the the secondary as playing your corner defensive back position, or would you rather the the time you stepped up and played a little bit more the the linebacker position? I know you kind of been bouncing back and forth, but I hate to say it. I, I heard your name called more when you're in the defensive back versus playing this linebacker position.
5: Uh, I I actually did enjoy playing linebacker probably more, just because it's a lot more physical and. But uh, it's OK. So.
1: Great. Eli, we've seen quite a few big hits from you. All right, nice nice uh, presence in the backfield. What what drives you on defense?
13: Just motivation to either
1: hit or get hit.
13: And mm-hmm. I'd much rather hit somebody than get hit or take on a block. And I mean, just being able to hit somebody and create a sense of urgency in everyone else, it, punts me up and I get excited whenever somebody else hits someone like my favorite play this year was when I'm back in coverage and I see dodge, I see just a a blur of black come across the backfield and the quarterback's just gone I I got really pumped up there
1: Is is that the last game we all got excited to?
10: One thing I want to say about Eli is like even in practice you can he gets through these gaps like none other like you don't even see anybody there and then there's Eli like He's sneaky. He avoids getting blocked, and he makes plays. So that's, I mean, he's a huge part of our defense. So it's just one thing I've noticed.
0: He's a pain in um,
5: uh, uh, what's that? Called? Inside run and uh, jump. jump, bro. He's a pain. <laughs>
1: okay, so every, as as this linebacker crew, so we have Wyatt, Eli, and Kyle Starr's linebacker. Who's uh, who's our? You're you're up in the linebacker now. On our line, we have Cam. Preston, Dodge was there. Trey's there. Uh, Max, you swing in and out. For most of the good linebackers, I think almost every good linebacker would tell you that the reason that they're a good linebacker is because your defensive line is doing what they're supposed to be doing in front of you. So with that being said, we've seen some pretty good sacks or pretty good loss of yardage out of our defensive linemen too. What what do you what do your linebackers contribute to why are these why is this front line getting in there and doing the job so well?
5: Uh, our defense line is insane. They 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 find a way to get through every single play and they do exactly what they're supposed to, so that they make our job really easy. Like the holes that the running backs have to run through are really small because they compress them very well and. Cam always finds a way to get in the backfield and somehow disrupt them. So does Dodge. It's it's insane. Mateus, too. Yeah. And M- Mateus. Yeah, Mateus
1: does a great job. Preston, let's throw this question over to you. Your uh, defensive end ability on pass rush, we've seen two or three loss of yardage. Um, when when you see that being pushed out there and a the quarterback's on the scramble, the legs
7: run a little bit harder and the blood pump a little bit harder when you're on that chase? Yeah, for sure. It's not necessarily a good thing if he gets outside of me, but so <laughs> I'm like, oh crap! I gotta book it to try to get to him, and if anything, just make him throw a bad pass, so uh, one of our secondary can get a pick.
1: Well, the the secondaries filled that position pretty good this year. Yeah,
7: and, and the the thing I wanted
0: to hop in though, you guys as a wide receiver core are one of the have most of the top spots in 3A seven, but you also face really good wide receivers. In fact, this week, you'll be facing the best wide receiver you've seen. Uh, I guess to look on some of the the things that you do as a cornerback, what have you guys done this week to prepare, and every week to prepare for facing these really tough cornerbacks?
1: They're not
3: going well, to
0: they're they're not not hear, hear this till next week. This will be Monday. Yeah. So oh. this is when yeah. they're going to be You pout- can talk everything you want oh. about this game. No, they're not, they're not going to hear this until... Okay. <laughs>
10: they'll be pouting about their loss. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so... One of the main things we're doing is, like, disguising what coverage we're going to be in. Like, we'll be showing man, and then um, we'll be, like, checking to see what their quarterback's – you know, he's going to look to see what formation we're in, and then once he gets ready to hike
6: it, he does this thing that we know he does. He when likes he's- to sit down and then clap yeah. so we know when to kind of drop yeah. back and then cover three or cover two. Yeah. And uh, what our big thing – we want to try to – we want to try to bait the quarterback a little bit, try to make him throw stuff because he likes to look at the wide receiver, and know who he's he's gonna throw to before he actually throws it. He's Nate so, <laughs> uh, our 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 big goal is to see if he'll sh- try to show off his arm a little bit and get a pick because he he likes to yeah. do a bunch of crazy stuff and he's just a, chuck it he's got he's a, a big passing arm. quarterback yeah, he's, he's got got not a, a running arm.
0: quarterback and you guys have faced like a lot of those running teams so back to the defense he
6: won't run it though
0: yeah he will but so you guys have faced heavy running teams i mean mm. newton forget that i mean you gotta shut that down easy but i mean uh as a defense you've had to prepare for a lot of different offenses. What does that mean in practice every single week where it's almost a new thing every single
13: week? The I think the scout team is a huge, huge part of that, just being able to get in there and have a, co- or a meeting with the coaches and them just being able to run it crisper than days past. And we got Dallas as one of the quarterbacks, and he's really proud of that. <laughs> and I just want to thank them a whole bunch for that, and it's helped a lot this season.
9: All right. Cam? Uh... Forward defense, what we what we try to do every week, we focus on stopping the run right away. And for most teams, that's one of the big things they do. Uh, so we figure once we stop the run, we can work on all the other areas. And uh, if we shut down the run, then it be easier for the rest of the game. On this run
1: stoppage, what do you guys think about play, playing the, the new five-man front? You like that power on that line? Well, yeah, it's yeah, good. That's good. <laughs> it, it definitely puts uh, a little bit more pressure and takes a little bit less pressure off your linebackers to have them have a little bit more fun in the ball game. With uh, switching back to a passing quarterback or a passing game, we're gonna see a little switch up, go both, go back and forth between the four man and the five man. Yes, yes. Change them up a little bit. Yep.
10: Cole. Yeah. There's certain. There's a certain. Cu- um. When they come out in a certain formation for offense, we drop back and in, we into a four man front.
0: Coming into the season, you guys were 3-6 and six last year. We obviously expected a lot. The rest of the district didn't expect anything. I've never seen so much trash talk by the other teams coming into these type of weeks. Does that not give you any sort of more motivation than normal? I mean, Newton chewing you out. South Tama even for some reason chewing you out. I mean, does it does it mean anything that you guys are where you are despite all the bad talk that you've gotten?
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, it means a lot. Uh, a lot of it is over social media. And so kind of just try to tune it out and then prove to them that what we got on the field and prove to them that's not a fluke and we're here for business. Yeah, this year um, we've definitely been the underdog, but I kind of like that. I, uh, they don't expect anything of us, and then we go out and punch them in the mouth and keep doing it every single play. And I'm looking forward to this Friday because I think we can do the same thing to Pella. I don't think they're quite ready. I think we have a team that can put it to them a little bit.
13: I think one of the biggest motivations we had was coming into the season. We were predicted to rank, or we were predicted to finish just above second, just um, second. above Knoxville, I think, no, or south. fifth we're south. in the
4: district. Oh yeah, yeah,
13: second to last, and in, uh, in front of Tama. And I think that just drove us to work harder each day and just get ready for it and prove everybody wrong.
11: Oh, uh, you know, when whenever teams talk, just you know, trash and stuff before games, you know. I mean, it doesn't bother me a whole lot. Like, it goes back to those saying, you know, talk is cheap. You know, you got to come out and play. What really fuels me is when I when I hear the hate from even our own school. I mean, you know, we have a really good student section, but you know, we go down to Oski, they're chanting nah 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 hey hey goodbye to us. Which I mean, I've never seen before. I never thought it would happen, but it does. And I mean, you know, just going. I mean, week by week, you know, it's a new face, it's a new voice in the hall. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not everyone, but every week, you know, you're still gonna have. One or two people will be like, oh, you guys ain't going to win. No, oh, you guys ain't going to win. Well, we do win. You know, I mean, we haven't been perfect. You know, we have two losses, but we played tough. So what really fuels me is just the occasional voice in the school every week that just says, you know, you guys can't do it. But, you know, we've been doing good job taking care of it.
0: say that you've gotten a lot of fuel off of a lot yeah. of yeah. things this year.
11: And, and the biggest thing, I think, is that we're, we're playing
10: for each other. We're not, you know, the fans are great. Um, we appreciate all the support we get. But... When it comes down to it, we're playing for the man next to us, uh, so that's just the biggest thing. We lay it all on the line for each other because we're all like brothers in this in this family.
9: Yeah. Well, the thing is, we really just gotta stay hungry. I mean, that's that's really what our focus was for this year, uh, to put out and you know do our jobs and stuff like that and work harder every day. At the beginning of this year, like there were some things we really struggled with, like holding on to the ball. Our um, line didn't block too great, but we got to figure it out. So I mean. We're playing – we're trying to play near perfect at the end of the year. And uh, that's what we've got to do to be Pella, and that's what we're going to try to do.
2: Okay,
1: I thought
9: – Parker, did you have something?
1: Mm-hmm. All right, with with all that, I should say, it's, it's not anger. It, it, it's good vibes or good energy that's coming into the, the season. When you guys spent a whole summer with each other, weight room, going to camps, you had the, the preseason liftoff. Blake and I came over to it. And I, I'm not going to say we, we saw animals, but we saw young men that were hungry, I will say, for lifting weights, hungry to get into the season. Your, your preseason you know, night game, in practice, you guys had the hunger inside of you. With everything growing around you, what is it more that you want to see? I mean, we, we have seen such a change in this community as of growth. And I know some of you guys have come to the Tiger Talk, and it's just not there. We t- talk to a lot of businessmen, people, and, you know, our encouragement is, yeah, we do a live, live stream, but we say the best football you want to see is sitting in the stands. And, you know, for the, the most part, the stands are filling up. What is it when you hear that crowd cheering and yelling and screaming? We went to South Tampa, and it was an awesome traveling crowd. What does that guys do to you when you're on the field and you hear the crowd cheering and screaming loud? What's that do for your momentum for the rest of the game?
10: Uh, well, um, first of all, I just want to talk about, like, hasn't just been this summer. I think uh, we, from the end of the last game last year, we've just been preparing for this whole season. It's been a whole year thing. And um, that's in large part due to our great coach, um, because he's gotten us prepared very well. But uh, as far as like what we want to see the the program become, I just want to see you know back in the day, back when my brother was on the team, back when they had Eli Dunn, I mean, it was just like week after week we're going. We know we're going to win. Week after week we go we go to those games. It's like we're going to win. I wonder how much we're going to win by. So um, that's the kind of program that we want to build back up, and that's what we're starting to do. And we don't just want it to be for win. You know we're done we want we want to keep this going so we want to set it back on the right track and then we want the younger generations that are coming up to keep it on that right track we don't want it to ever fall off again so and uh, yeah that's that's all I gotta say about
0: that.
4: Yeah and about the fans I just think it's been really great I've stepped in at the right year where we've started to get hot and so I've started to see what the expectation is with the fans and like how well they're gonna travel and how well they support us on a good season. And so I'm hoping we can do that for as many years as we can, um, with having great support in the community.
0: Another thing about the fans, my favorite part about the fans is like when you have a long, long run, and you just hear the fans roar, and just gives you that extra boost to make that touchdown. Like, I well, like, I love that.
1: I, we've had so many big pass plays, so many big runs. Yeah. That, I mean it there's a lot of roars i mean any any time when you look back and we see that i would say 65 to 75 percent of our touchdowns are 40 yard plus touchdowns whether it be a pass play or a run play And every yard that we're further away from the end zone and we score the crowd gets louder and louder and louder and i mean we hear it when you can hear it on the broadcast you know that they're loud mm-hmm. and the worst thing is is what you guys are here on the broadcast is you're hearing a way team that's sitting there going silent and it's a crowd all the way across that you're hearing on our mics so that that's pretty cool feeling
7: for us Preston yeah last week was really cool like we were playing South Tama and then our our, our section our fans we had more people on our side than South Tama did on theirs by the fourth quarter and that was really cool I guess I don't know that was unique they really didn't even cheer when they took the opening kickoff. <laughs> yeah.
0: they were like really quiet. And I was <laughs> like, "Wasn't enough
4: people cheering?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess. Uh,
6: with the fans as well, I am a very energetic guy as it is uh, out on the field. So like being able to hear people uh, jacks me up even more. And then I also like to hear the talk from the other team too. Some some sometimes I might talk back, but. Uh, most time i just use it and i just get even more excited and i just i like the energy around us and i want it to keep going
1: well it's that's good energy that's all really good energy i guess the last question i'm going to throw out to every one of you because you know we try to advertise this every time we say that a football player or a team is in here for a podcast it it kind of grows into maybe younger kids will listen so with that being said this is kind of an open question to all of you. And then we're going to get one closing word from Coach Souser. If you guys are trying to recruit, which this football program I- is recruiting because of how you play is what continues to bring in younger players, what, do you, what words of advice or encouragement do you have to pass on to the younger players? And I'm talking eighth graders, seventh graders, sixth graders, fifth graders, even the third and fourth graders. What do you have to pass on to him that says it's worth staying in this football program?
6: Um, At a young age, you uh, gotta learn that you want to be the hardest worker in the room, realize that there are other people around you that want to outwork you and beat you at your position or um, just beat you in general and you have to realize that you have to work harder than them and play harder uh, than them and it's an everyday thing, you can't take days off and I think that's given us an edge that every single day we have worked our butts off for each other. for our families, for ourselves, and um, become the guys and the players that we want to be. I just want to say that uh, you're going to have to always keep pushing through. I mean, there's going to be adversity, as coach always says, that you're going to have to face. And uh, it's a matter of, are you going to lay down or are you going to get back up and fight against it?
7: Um, Our our senior class, we didn't win a single game in middle school, but those of us who have stuck with it, I think we're really glad we have. reap the benefits of staying in and working hard day in, day out. Eli?
13: Uh, One thing I have to say for the people who think size matters, it really doesn't because we got Dodge out there, who's a lot. He's big. He's (laughs) He's a lot of mass. And then we got Logan Estelle, who's not as big as Dodge, but he's still a huge impact player on the team, and I think no matter what, you can still contribute to the team, whether it's scout team or Even being on that second game on Friday nights, it's just being part of a team is probably one of the best things you can do as a kid, and I think it's one of the the greatest things you can ever do, honestly. Chase?
9: Yeah, well, I haven't really played football that much. I didn't do it seventh grade or freshman year. I
0: really regret not going on freshman year, but I say one of the best feelings in the world is
10: inside the locker room after a win. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a very emotional guy, but uh, I was pretty happy. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, one of the one of the biggest things about football, I think it's the best sport for um, you're really not playing for yourself. You know, it's you're playing for the guy next to you, you're playing for the team, your own stats really don't matter. I don't even know my stats really at all very well. Um,
1: I think you get a couple touchdowns.
10: Yeah, I think so. But really it's just the wins and the losses and the and just the feelings the feelings you get in practices, it's just all that. It's a very unique sport in that aspect.
9: Uh, I think the reward uh, it's probably my favorite part. I think it's the best part of football because you put in all that work for so long and you grind for so hard and for so long, and just the reward is so great. It's just a, it's it's an awesome feeling to get a win, and it's so hard to get. So when you get it, it's just it's an amazing feeling. It's great.
4: Yeah, and I think with this program in specific, um, we've built it up to a really high level that everybody wants to be a part of. I mean, I've heard just kids that are sophomores that quit football that want to come back now. and It's one of those things like we've built this standard such a – Built this program is such a high standard that people really want to get into it now, and uh, it's really cool to see. Just gotcha. one
11: thing you got to make sure is you just got to embrace you know, it's gonna be really hard, all right. It's not easy every day your summer, you got to wake up 6 30, 7 o'clock, come lift. It's not easy in season, uh, two times a week, well, three times if you play on Friday, two times during the week, you get a lift, a heavy lift, and then you go out and practice for an hour 40, and then you're back on Sunday night, you're sore from Friday. And so the big thing is you just got to embrace all the hard work you put in. I mean, the most, the biggest hard work happens when the season's not happening. I mean, you're lifting every day, every day, every day. I mean, it's a grind. It's something you get used to, and often you get lost in it, but it's crazy. I mean, the more and more of the time and time you put in, all that accumulates, and you put in so many, I mean, thousands of hours of work. And when it all pays off with a win, I mean, there's nothing like it. So, I mean, the big thing is, you know, you got to know what's going to be really, really hard. But when you can just capture that feeling of everything you've been working for and it does happen, there's nothing like it in the world.
8: Trey? And then playing with your heart, playing for the guy next to you, just build up a brotherhood of trust, trusting the person next to you that they're going to do their job and doing what the coaches told them to do. Creates discipline both on and off the field.
1: Well, I I think that what we've seen so far this year, you've definitely – uh, Cole or two or three of you made the comment you t- said the word brothers but I think you've created a, a band of brothers and to say that that's a pretty strong that takes a, a strap it puts between every one of you and says that you're not going to do anything with by yourselves so I'm going to end on that we'll call coach Souser over he's going to have one question to him the man <laughs> <laughs> coach Souser First of all, Blake and I just want to say thank you for letting us have the time with, with your team, a part of your team tonight. It's, it's been really fun. I wish you could have heard all the, the positive comments and you could listen to it back on, on Monday night. I think you'll be, you'll be amazed of, of the things that they have to say. But coming into this season, we did a pre, pre-podcast with you and we talked about some of the, the, the ups and downs and the challenges that are, are put before you this year. We're not going to talk about any of that. What I want you to ask you the question is this group, a football team that you have going into Friday night's game, how do you get these men to function and, and come back together and be the band of brothers to play solid football every Friday night?
12: I think a lot of it is just the consistency in, in what we do. you know they these guys embrace the fact that it's going to be hard. I mean we're going to push them hard. You know, I mean, I personally push them hard. Like, I mean, I am I can be a pretty abrasive person during practice and games, you know? And like, I, I just, there, there's such a value in mental toughness, you know, and football is such a hard game to play. There's so much pressure, you know, even though they're just kids out there for 48 minutes. Everybody expects so much out of you and it's physically demanding. And if you are not mentally tough, this game will chew you up and spit you right back out. And so, you know, some days I don't really have the energy like I feel like you know, on the practice field to go do that, but I just feel like, and I know it makes kids mad sometimes, you know, that I just, I really try and grind these guys hard uh, during the week. And so when Friday night gets there, it becomes easier. And like, you know, we push these guys sometimes to the point where like they have to decide, you know, I don't know if I can take this, you know, but they continue to push through it. And I think on Friday nights, the games become a little bit easier because of their mental toughness that they've developed, you know, and I don't even think they realize How much more mentally tough they are now than when we started this whole thing last year, you know? Because these guys were all part of it then, you know. Like, there's not much that really gets to these guys, and you know, we saw it week one against Mid Prairie. You know, the opening kickoff of the season, we fumble, they recover, they go score, and we didn't have one guy panicking on the sideline, you know. And that was we hadn't done anything yet. So I mean, I, I think that's really a huge part of it. I mean, you know, what these guys put in. Not just the time, and I heard Dodge mention, you know, we lift weights three times a week. We lift hard during the week. We heavy squat on Tuesday, you know, your longest practice day. Tomorrow we'll heavy deadlift and bench the day before a game, you know. And it is hard, but I think it creates this toughness of, like, we do more than everybody else. And we push harder than everybody else. And I think that's why we've been able to close gaps in such a short amount of time. You know, we've had one full off season with these guys and they're playing for a district championship week nine you know what i mean it's absolutely amazing and it's, it's really really fun to be a part of and um you know just uh i'm just so proud of where we've come from in such a short time
1: well from our seat that we're sitting in i think we have more fun than we know you guys have fun but we enjoy oh, yeah. every minute of it and uh, i just want to say thank you from blake and i for the performance that you guys put on week to week i, I think i've missed mid prayer game but i've seen every game or we've done some type of highlight video and everything and i wish you guys the best of luck and hopefully the luck that i'm wishing you on monday when everyone hears this is <laughs> that we're talking about a, a victory to follow up so for sure thank you again any any last comments
12: i want to thank you guys for all the coverage and support and the the graphics on you know for twitter i mean you know you guys probably don't realize how much that you know, what an impact you've had on the activities here in the community. I mean, people absolutely love this. You know, it's just been so much exposure for our kids and the programs here. I mean, it's really cool. You know, so I know you guys are in the middle of it, so you don't realize it maybe sometimes, but it's been a really great thing uh, for the school and the community and all the all the kids participating. So thank you very much for doing this. Hopefully you keep doing it for a long time.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, us for coming in. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. All right, pretty fun time we had there with those football players. You know what, after listening to them again and, you know, going into this football game, uh, I just have a lot of (laughs) emptiness inside myself because they really wanted that football game. And uh, they played their hearts out and listening to that interview, you know, they they had a plan, and that plan just, you know, come up short a little bit. But – you know, again, their their hearts are 100% um, orange and, and black on the inside, and that's that's true tiger blood right there. All right, let's. Uh, before we finish up, we have only two activities going on for this week. Uh, and, they're big. Well, a couple, a couple. I guess there is. Yeah, the number one on Wednesday night, uh, the All State uh, Iowa State Honor Choir auditions. So Roger Henderson will probably be taking a, a group over to that. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the Grinnell thespians are hosting uh, their production for their fall play, which is a main stage production is the name of it. Uh, And that is at 730 on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, From what I understand, a little bit of Shakespeare.
3: Uh, Yeah,
0: it's a little bit. Well, no. I mean, it's, it's Shakespeare-type. It's like in the 1500s. I don't really know a lot about it, but I'll probably go out there just to check it out. Uh, I suggest you do, too, support the Grinnell Theater Program.
1: Yep, we'll be heading – or, Laurie and I will be going out Thursday night. So, if you're there Thursday night, we'll, be, we'll see you for that. And then, ending out the week on Saturday, November 2nd, is uh, Swimming. For the varsity that is at Grinnell College. Grinnell College. Thursday night is uh, the diving regionals. That's at, I think that was at Waukee. Yep. And then also the um, Iowa solo dance competitions at Newton High School. Cross country state competition is at Lakeside Municipal Golf Course in Fort Dodge. Yes. So there's some big things going on. And I also want to go back. I forgot to mention that the uh, Grinnell cheer team. Uh, brought home a third place yeah, trophy. Yeah, I was just about to say that. They on did. Sunday. So that was also up in Fort Dodge. So congratulations to uh, Coach uh, Sarah Dalba Albright.
0: And if you didn't hear, the they went to state like individual cheering competition the week before. Uh, Kennedy Rowland and Gabby Dalby Albright both made it to all-state cheer. That's so right. congratulations. And, and then also
1: them. we brought this up at game day the previous Saturday. The band marched at Pella. Pella and they had a Division, Division one, one rating. So those are all, it's a, all it's follow-ups a, there. So. It's a
0: winning tradition at Grinnell High School. That's right. And don't forget, soon will be our basketball preview. Yep,
1: basketball oh, preview man. will be coming out. Uh, I'm starting to put together a little bit of a hype video for each of the basketball teams. And we should and, have media day with them yep. soon. So we'll look forward to getting a little bit more uh, up close and personal with the, the coaches on those and, and maybe get a, a preseason podcast on. With them also. So, cool. well, I'm Dan Walker. Blake Walker. And we uh,
0: appreciate everyone for watching the Tiger, or watching, listening to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. Uh, thanks for everyone tuning in. All football season long, we had record numbers on our Pella uh, video on YouTube. You can check that all out on our website and on our YouTube channel. So, Dad, if you want to wrap it up, you can for this Monday.
1: Well, all I have to say, thank you for joining in, and we'll see you next week. Yep. Go Tigers.
0: Souser, hand handoff to Wyatt Hunter. He is going to have the first down to more. Wyatt Hunter, foot race. And he is going to be driven down to the ground. It's a first down to more. And do you say one of the biggest plays of the night? They might be thinking it's over here, honestly. You have the wind at your back. Souser, though, handoff to Wyatt Hunter again. Wyatt Hunter with the block. He is not going to be touched. Touchdown Grinnell.
1: This production is a copyright of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Any use of this podcast or material from it is prohibited without the permission of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network.